Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. This is hosted by Narrowgate Ministries. Glad to be back at you again. So we are continuing our topic of people-pleasing. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, I encourage you to go listen to that so this all makes sense. Um, the last episode, I clearly identified the problem. And um, I don't want you, definitely don't want you to stay in the problem. I want to offer some solutions. And so that's what this episode is about today. So if you don't have a problem with uh, um, with v- external validation or people pleasing, this still would be a positive episode because you'll know how to help and encourage other people um, if they're struggling through it. So this is highly beneficial either way. So once again, this is inspired by uh, a request that I had on Instagram um, to cover the topic, but... Um, it's so vast of a topic, like we covered 25 minutes, um, last episode and we'll probably cover, you know, at least that today, um, maybe, you know, who knows, but, uh, yeah, it's a vast subject. And so I wanted to give it the attention that it deserves. So starting out, we asked our community, this is our Instagram community. I love, um, Instagram. I love how people, uh, connect and respond on there. So we wanted to get an idea from the minds of um, our followers on Instagram. What um, what can we do to overcome this people-pleasing uh, scenario? So the question was asked, how does someone go about stopping being a people-pleaser? All right, so we're going to go into a couple of the responses. First one is don't respond based upon old feelings filter every thought word and action through higher power and so you know i totally get this because there was an old way that we used to live life um before we got clean and sober and got filled with faith and and stuff like that um and the old way is totally incompatible it doesn't work anymore right And so that means those old thoughts, those old behaviors, the old way of doing thing, which people pleasing is definitely one of those old behaviors. um, They don't work anymore and they don't bring us the results that we want. Um, So having your your thoughts, your words, your actions, you know, filter through um, your um, through the God or through the spirit um, is highly beneficial thing. You know, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, you know, those who are led by the spirit are the sons of God. And somehow we've gotten away from this. Um, You know, God gives us directions all the time. And they're not just from the Bible. They're just not from spiritual things. Um, They could be from anything. Absolutely anything. Um, I'll give you an example because I had one happen recently. Um. I live in the snow in North Idaho and, uh, it is really cold and we get a lot of snow. And that being said, um, you know, when you go to parking spaces, you go to shopping malls, you go to different locations, um, the whole ground is covered with snow. And, and what that means is that there's not any lines anymore. There's not any lines on the concrete. Everybody just kind of parks wherever they want. 
And I felt the the spirit of God say to me that that's the way life is when there's no boundaries. And it was a lesson. I didn't read it in the Bible. Nobody told me about it. Just the thought came into my mind that said, that's how life is without boundaries. And you should have seen these parking spaces. They were funny. It started straight and went whoop, and it did this uh, this crazy turn. Why? Because nobody could see the lines. And so that's not my message for today, but my message today is that God speaks. And then when it comes to people pleasing and different things, we should be listening to what he is saying because he will guide and direct our path to the path that we should walk on. That's why he's called the good shepherd. It is powerful. All right. Next one, learn the word no. It's a complete sentence that requires no explanation. Man, that's powerful. We're going to talk a lot about that today because one of the greatest solutions to overcoming people pleasing is saying no. It absolutely is. And we covered a little bit about it on last episode, but we didn't talk about it as the solution. But we are so wishy-washy sometimes and we don't want to tell people no. We don't want to hurt their feelings. And um, and so we when we whenever we want to say no, we don't really say no. We come up with all these different excuses and all these different ways to say no when just saying no is good enough. And that's powerful. We're gonna we're gonna dive really deep into that. All right, so we got another uh, um, solution here. This is from uh, Be Fast Leadership at uh, Instagram. Uh, you can check them out uh, if you like to. It says, read the book, Disease to Please by Harriet uh, Breiker. It was a life changer for me and it helped me stop being a people pleaser. Be sure to do the exercises at the end of the book. Uh, thank you for that book. If you're struggling with people pleasing, I would go check that out. Also, one that was very powerful for me was... Um, how to say no without feeling bad. And that's the basic problem that we have. We, we, we don't set boundaries. You don't say we don't fully uh, define what we want and all these things. And, and we use excuses. And, and, and when we do say no, we feel some sort of guilt about it. Uh, so that book will help you with that. All right. Next one <sighs> from Paul Costa for 10. Come to the realization that you are enough. Man, that's powerful. You know, I think deep within us, um, part of the fear-based nature, um, you know, if you believe in the Bible and spirituality, you know that man has some sort of a sinful nature, and that nature is fearful. That nature is insecure. And at the bottom of the line, it is a nature that says, I am not enough. And so when we come to Christ we start this new life, things should change. And that's a switch to a faith-based nature, right? One that, a uh, nature that runs to God and a, and, a, and nature that says that I am worthy and I am deserving. I am enough because I have Christ on the inside of me. Powerful stuff. And last one, uh, uh, recommendation by JCP 83 recovery. He says, saying No. Man, that is powerful. So we're going to, we're going to dive into the, before we do that, I'm going to talk to you about the cycle of people pleasing. You see, it all starts with, um, a desire for validation 
And it's what we kind of lack in society today. We're always on the quest to for external validation. And we've lost touch with internal validation. That is, we need some sort of accolades. We need some sort of praise. We need some somebody to like us. Uh, for us to feel okay about ourselves instead of finding internal validation within. And social media hasn't helped much, even though I'm all over social media and, uh, you know, I believe it in sharing the message. The downside of it is that the validation loop, if people don't respond to my post, all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe my post wasn't good. Maybe I'm not good, Right. Or if we don't get enough likes or, or if we don't have enough followers or whatever it is, there's this sense of trying to get validation by external things and nobody's really immune from this. You know, you could go to a church that has the same mentality that the pastor is numbers driven. It's all about how much money is pulled in and how many people are sitting in the pews, right? And they take account of money every week and they take account of um, attendance every week. How do you know? I know this. You know, I've been in the ministry. I know how it works. And if you go through a decline, that is a steady downfall of money and a steady downfall of people. What are you going to think? There is something wrong with me because we rely so heavily on this external validation. Look. Jesus said things where everybody disappeared. Everybody disappeared. The crowds and the masses would follow him, right? But when he would begin to say something hard, something that wasn't pleasing to the people, he looked at his disciples and said, you going to leave me too? And because he knew that his validation wasn't in other people. You see, there's so many times uh, in the Bible where it talks about... Um, the people wanting Jesus to not leave their village, but he went anyways, or the people desired to make him king and he refused. You see, he wasn't uh, swayed or, or tempted by the, the desires of other people and to please them. And there was a certain reason why he wasn't. And I'm going to share you that in a little bit, but the first um, thing in this cycle is, is desire to be liked. I must be liked. And this comes from because we don't validate ourselves or insights. We don't really like ourselves, right? And then it goes to stage number two, where I begin to look externally to meet that need. I need to be liked. I can't meet it on the inside because I got a spiritual deficiency or whatever, or I don't understand biblical principles. And I go to meet that need on the outside of me. And this is where, like I said, validation, Facebook likes, stats, listeners. Um, it can even be um, uh, sexually bouncing from woman to woman and searching for this validation and this need to be loved, right? It can go as deep as that. And then it goes to step number three, where you begin to say yes to other people when you should say no. And deep inside, you know, you don't want to say yes, but you say yes anyways, right? And then all of a sudden it goes into the next stage where you begin to feel bad and you don't know why. Because you cross boundaries, you cross lines, you did stuff that you really didn't want to do. And so all of a sudden you feel bad. And then it leads to this fifth step where a lot of people end up. And that is you feel used, mistreated and worn out. 
And this plays a lot in manipulation and, 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 and playing the victim, right? In situations, they go to a abusive uh, spiritual pastor, right? And they start conforming to what that pastor wants. And then all of a sudden they get their validation from that pastor. And all of a sudden you're saying yes when you feel like saying no. All of a sudden you feel bad and you don't know why. And all of a sudden you feel used, mistreated, and worn out. What do you do? You go find another church, right? But you usually find the same abuse that you left. And this happens in relationships the same way. You get in dysfunctional relationships. Looking to meet that need, to need to feel love because you don't love yourself and you're not validating yourself on the inside. All of a sudden you're saying yes to this person when you should be saying no. You could be in a relationship where your your wife is an alcoholic or a drug addict, right? I know this. I've been in relationships like that. And you try to hide the keys. You try to take the money. You try to do all these things and save and come to the rescue of that person when they are using you and you are their enabler. It's the truth. There, there are programs and people out there that will confront you. And what they will tell you is this, is that you are killing them. You are putting the nail in their coffin. You are part of the dysfunction. You are part of the disease. Why? Because you allow it to take place within your presence, right? Or you enable it in some way or fashion. You're always coming to the rescue. You're always belling out. Or worse yet, you are giving them the money needed to fund their addiction. Man, I've seen that so many times growing up with my father. Um, there was just enablers around him that would help fund his addiction. Whenever he need money, he would come up with this desperate story. And it was all a different story each time. One time he put a gun to his head and said, I might as well kill myself because if I don't pay these dealers, you know, they're going to kill me anyway. So I might as well just kill myself, you know, using this manipulation to get people to conform to what he wants for addiction. This is what addicted people do. And so there's no way to really help them when you're in that situation because you are part of the problem. You are the enabler. You are the enabler. All right. So what's the solution? The first is awareness. That is, if you listen to the last podcast, you listen to this podcast and you're like, man, that's me. I am an enabler. I'm a people pleaser. Uh, you know, I haven't learned to say no. The first step is honesty and recognition. It always is. First, you have to be willing to say that I am part of the problem. I'm the one helping produce this situation. And this honesty and recognition is going to catapult you to a crisis. You see, a crisis is a point in decision where a choice must be made to go in one direction or the other. And here's the, the problem that a lot of times, you know, this awareness, this honesty still leads us to the bad choice because we're unwilling to make the right decision. You might be listening to me right now and you're facing a big crisis because you know that God is telling you to stop enabling, to do the right thing, to do as he would do and what not please the people. 
And, and you're looking at it and it's hard and you're saying, I can't do this. And I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but here's the promise that we have a uh, spiritual promise that we could do all things through Christ, which gives us strength. And so I'm not asking you to go about in your own power to accomplish these things. What I'm asking you to do is listen to what God is telling you to do and be empowered by his spirit to carry it out. And that is a much different uh, scenario than trying to struggle and do it on your own. You see, what God requires, he provides. And what that means is if he's telling you to do something, he's going to give you the power and the strength to do it. If we'd be willing to step out and do it. But if we look at it and say, you know what, I'm just not willing to do this. We might as well just seal the coffin. We, if it's a relationship, a negative relationship where we're enabling, just get ready to visualize their funeral because that's where you're going to send them to their funeral. It's the truth. So honesty, recognition, what are you doing? What are you doing in this situation? It may not be as bad as enabling an addicted person. It may be just, you know, this, this overwillingness to please everybody. What are you doing? See, a lot of times we go through life with pre-programmed uh, subconscious things, right? And we don't challenge them and we don't notice them. In fact, when people call them out, we get mad and frustrated with them. But the fact is, is that we are the ones that are doing it. So we've got to ask ourselves, what exactly are we doing? And that goes into why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Be honest with yourself. Do you need to be liked? Do you like peace at all costs? Do you not want to engage in any conflict? Let's just own up to it. You see, the thing about conflict is that nothing good comes on easy street. And if we're trying to avoid conflict, we're trying to make peace all the time and, and must have peace at all cost, then we are unwilling to go through the pain to get what we want. And the reality is, is that there's going to be conflict. Every single message in the Bible says that there's conflict. It doesn't matter what it is. Three Hebrew children, conflict. And what did they know? They knew the power of God through the conflict. Daniel and the lion's den. You talk about that. The revelation of God came through pain and conflict. But somehow we want to akuna matata. We want this new age crap that, that they're pushing. And say, I'm just supposed to be peaceful at all times. Oh, just doesn't make sense. And so we got to be willing to face the pain and face the conflict and be in the conflict. Because when we're in the fire, guess who's there with us? And we have an awesome demonstration of the power of God. Paul put it this way. You know what? I'd rather boast of my weaknesses so the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that is when we face our weaknesses, when we walk through them, guess whose hand we are holding? The one that created the universe. And all of a sudden we have access to this divine power because we're willing to step through the conflict with the strength and the power of God. So what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And one of the biggest questions that you have to ask is what are the consequences that are happening in my life? What are the results that I'm getting from this behavior? And do I like these kind of results? You know, if it's an addicted spouse, they just continue to get worse, right? And all of a sudden there's unfaithfulness coming in and there's all these, you know, drunken scenarios and all this different stuff begins to happen, right? 
What are the consequences for the choices that you are making? And do you like it? Do you like it? Does it feel good? Does it give you connection and power with God? And I bet you'll find a resounding no. No, it doesn't. All right. So we're going to go into more of the solutions. One of these is number one. And we know it. We know it intuitively. Uh, if you're spiritual and and you're uh, you're a man and you're following these uh, these podcasts and, and and my Instagram, uh, you're most likely a spiritual person. And you know this answer: seek first the kingdom of God. Right? Seek first to please God, to be a God pleaser. Because here's the reality: I cannot be a God people, a God pleaser, and a people pleaser at the same time. I'll say that once again because it is so powerful. I can't be a God pleaser and a people pleaser at the same time. Paul put it this way. If I'm, you know, if I'm a servant of the people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so what we got to understand is that if it's our desire, if it's our passion to please God, then we know the path that we need to walk. And when we choose the opposite path of pleasing God, then of course we're pleasing ourselves, right? And then we're choosing the easy path, the way of peace and the way of no conflict and the way of easy street. And then we don't get the results that we want because we're unwilling to yield and follow the spirit. All of a sudden things are just chaotic in our lives and trouble and pain and all of these things because we're unwilling to to yield. So number one, say it with me, seek to please God. Number two is this, know the difference between helping and enabling. This is a powerful reality that we must see. Am I helping or am I enabling? And there's a big, big difference. It's the whole scenario of, am I going to teach a man to fish or am I going to supply him with fish? See, if I supply him with fish, then I will always be his provider. I will be his savior and he will always be looking to me for fish. But if I teach him how to fish, then he shall be He'll be empowered to be his own provider. And guess what will happen? He won't look to me as savior. He'll become uh, sort of uh, self-sufficient in a way. And he will have a sense of dignity, honor, and respect. That's the difference between enabling and really helping. Next one. Begin to ask yourself, what needs are you trying to meet by pleasing other people? And then the most important question with that is how can you meet those needs in a more positive fashion? And I would say in connection with God, because once we feel the love of God and know that we are worthy and that we are his child and that we could be daily empowered by him, once we know that with certainty, a lot of these things begin to fall off because it's a root problem that we have. I'll touch on this uh, just a, a little bit. There are root problems, a couple of them, that will change your entire life because they, they spring from this core issue. And this core issue is, am I worthy? Am I love? Am I acceptable with God? And if I am, then I don't need this external validation anymore. 
solves a lot of problems. All right. And the last one, if we're going to touch on this, we might just stay on this for good. Who knows? But say no. Say no. You see, the problem we have when we have multiple different problems with this is that we don't know how to say no. If your child was anything like mine, your no was beaten out of you, right? Like they beat that no out of you. And, you know, we are taught from a very young age that conformity uh, is going to get us results. And so we learn not to say no. In fact, we, uh, you know, when we go to school and we walk in a line and we got the structure and we got the brick walls, what is the brick walls communicate? Rigid, stone, rock hard, right? Uh, walking in a line, you know, some of the schools even have uniforms. What, what are they trying? Conformity, fall in line, do what we say. And oftentimes what begins to happen we know it. We do it with our own children. We try to teach positive behavior. We reward yeses and we punish severely no's. And some of us in parenting go so far to say what? Don't you say no, right? Don't you say no. Don't you say no. Don't you say no. And then all of a sudden we're expected. Uh, expected to build strong children or expect our children to be strong when they have been severely rewarded for yes. And we're told multiple, don't say no, don't say no. And what, what do we get? We get to the teenage years and, and conformity is most important. We're taught and don't say no. Then we're all this, you know, we're wondering why we're, we're having dysfunctional teenage lives and, and addiction and all of these things. You know, I was one of those children and I knew conformity. I was taught conformity um, was the best policy and that I shouldn't say no. And so what did I do? I conformed and I never said no. I didn't say no to much of anything. I said, you want to try this? Yep. You want to do this? Yep. And you probably recognize that in your own life too. Your boundaries are severely blurred because intuitively you accepted the idea along the way that saying no is somehow wrong. And of course, these children grow up in life and they don't have any boundaries. They, they don't know how to say no. And uh, they fall into conformity with, with negativity and all of these different things. But the kids that are the hardest, and I bear this out, man, the ones that are more stubborn, <laughs> the ones that are more self-willed, the ones that say no more, right? And they are the boundary breakers. They end up thinking differently than everybody else. Um, they, they refuse norms and they, and they break boundaries and they do all these great and powerful things. Because they have the ability to say no. That's a powerful, powerful thing. You see, when it comes to our life, and that is our family, faith, fitness, finance, you know what I'm talking about, that it's impossible to build those areas up without saying no. Because there are going to be things that come against your family that are just not good for your family. 
You're going to have to say no. These are the things that are going to try to come into your marriage. They're not good for your marriage. You're going to have to say no. There's going to become things that come into your relationship with your children that um, that are going to go against building a positive relationship. You're going to have to say no. What about your fitness? Right? Your body? We all have to say no. What about our finances? We could be making a lot of money and someone could be spending it. We're going to have to say no. <laughs> There's so many areas that uh, that we're going to have to say no if we want a powerful life. Most important, we're going to have to say no to the evil and to the temptations that come into our life. And so learning no is going to be one of the most powerful things that you can learn. And uh, when it comes to other people and enabling and people want to, to manipulate us and get us to do things that they can and should do for themselves, we are going to have to say no. One of the biggest things we're going to have to say no to is ourself. Because we got to come to the place where, you know what, that we don't tolerate our behavior any longer. And we're looking at our, our behavior we see why we're doing it. We're seeing the results that we're getting. And we're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate that from you any longer. Uh, that's enough. I'm no longer going to tolerate what you're doing to this family. I'm no longer going to tolerate what you're doing to the bank account. I'm no longer going to tolerate what you're doing to this body. And it becomes a resounding no. I think we need some men to rise up in this generation that are comfortable with saying no. Uh-uh. Not in my house. Uh-uh. Not in my community. No. Not in my church. Uh-uh. We can take that somewhere else. It ain't happening here. <sighs> Say no. When you feel like saying no. Say no. When you feel uneasy. You know, people that, that pressure you or want to uh, answer right now, right at this moment and demand an answer, I would just say no. Because anybody who wants to manipulate and control your decision and, and stuff like that, no, no, I'm good. Whenever you feel like someone is controlling you, say no. Whenever you feel like it's going to compromise your values and what you believe, your convictions, no, no, I'm good. Say no when you know that you need to work on yourself and put your needs first. You got conflicting situations coming up and you want to do one thing that is going to, to build you up and encourage you, but you got somebody else that wants to do another thing. You're going to have to say no, or this comes first and then I'll do that. You see, you can't sacrifice your family, faith and fitness and finances for somebody else's family, faith, fitness and finance. You understand me? Is that you can't sacrifice your marriage to go help other people with theirs. This is called the blind leading the blind. You can't sacrifice your money to help other people make money. You can't sacrifice your body to help other people with their body. You must be standing on the rock yourself to pull people out of the quicksand. Say no when there's fear involved. If people are using intimidation and fear tactics, no. People are using excessive flattery, same thing. Some people use fear. Some people use flat flattery. They all want the same thing to manipulate and control you. And you can say, no, I'm going to tell you a secret. You can disagree with somebody if you want to. 
There's a lot of things that we should disagree with. And you can disagree if you want to. In fact, um, you'll be more successful and more fulfilled if you're polarizing. That means you take a hard line in the sand and stand there. If you don't think there's 50 genders in this world today, then say so. If you believe there's only two, stand on it. Right? I just use that as an example. But take your stand. If you want to say no, then say no. Disagree if you want to. You see, there's a lot of things that that come to into our lives that we are so passionate about. And when people ask us, we're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you feel that, run with it. Whenever you feel the hesitation, just say no. Because if it ain't, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. And immediately, you know the reasons why you should. Maybe you shouldn't do it. Now, that's, of course, you know, except for paying taxes, we're a little bit reluctant on that or, you know, a couple of other things we know that we need to do. But uh, most of the things that should come from our decision making should be a hard yes. Absolutely. No problem. And if it's like, mm, eh, don't do it. Here's the reality of everything is that we teach people how to treat us by what we tolerate. And here's what needs to take place is a rising up and a standing up that says, you know what, if you're not going to treat me right, then you don't get to treat me at all. And it's hard because it's in relationships with other people. But what begins to happen is you become the giver, right? Give, 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 give. And what do they become? The taker. And addictive relationships because they don't know how to give. They don't know how to love like you do. And you think you're getting some sort of fulfillment by being this giver. But the the fact of the reality is, is that you're going to give until there's nothing left. And you're going to be empty, broke, busted, and disgusted. And you're taking your family on the journey with you. Do you want to go down that path or not? I'll give you so many solutions here, but it all comes down to your willingness to draw a line in the sand. And say, this is my standard. And this is my boundary. And if you cross this, there's going to be consequences. And you have to be willing to follow through with those consequences. Because if you don't, then you're teaching people how to treat you. And you're saying that your hard lines in the sand don't mean nothing. You're spineless and you're weak. And you can't even make a, a, a line in the sand and an ultimatum and keep it. Draw a line in the sand and keep it. What are you creating or allowing to happen? That's one of the most powerful questions you can ever ask yourself. What am I creating, causing, or allowing to happen in my life? We look to God. God, why are you doing this to me? And he's like, my son, why are you doing this to you? You see, God puts the responsibility where it lies. He knows who's responsible. <laughs> uh, what are we causing, creating, and allowing to happen in our lives? And are we going to rise up and say, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. No more. That is the way out of people pleasing. I hope and pray that you will take this seriously and that you will seek God, seek to please God, and that you would be empowered by that decision. Because that's the bottom line of where it all comes from. Hope you enjoyed. Peace.